Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. Well, Oklahoma State scored a big, big, big win Friday night against Kansas State. Barry, it was big, let me tell you. <laughs> and it looks like hey. the Cowboy looks like the Cowboys have a quarterback and a new lease on life, but is a roadblock ahead because of, and these are words I really never expected to say about Kansas football. The mighty Jayhawks loom for the Cowboys. Lots and lots to discuss. But before we get to that, we want to say thanks to these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. All right, Barry, let's get to this past Friday in Stillwater. Cowboys beat the Wildcats 29-21 in a game that, quite frankly, I think you and I thought seemed per- pretty unwinnable heading into it, the way OSU was playing. So what is this win? How does it change the perception of OSU football for you? Well, I mean, it certainly it certainly turns the season in a different uh, a different direction. Um, it, it's probably on us that we didn't see it coming. Cowboys are led by this Tom Sawyer character who always gets himself in trouble, and then turns out uh, finds to uh, is able to get a, get out of it. And that's Mike Gundy. Just when you think his program is crash landing, uh, here come the Cowboys making a turn. Uh, we wondered if they were the worst team in the Big 12. We were pretty sure they weren't. Houston probably is, but they might have been 13th. Now, heck, we can talk about whether they're the third best team in the Big 12. Uh, <laughs> just one night, one Friday night in Stillwater can make a lot of difference, but the Cowboys clearly turned things around. They found a running game to some extent. They found a, a pretty opportunistic and stingy defense. They made a lot of plays. They did all the things they hadn't been doing the last, uh, you know, well, really the first four weeks of the season. So kudos to the Cowboys. Uh, they're, they showed they're much better and much more capable than we thought they were. And now they've got a chance to to have a good season. Yeah. And some of the things that were most problematic in the first five games became not issues against K-State. Now, I don't know how good K-State ultimately is going to be. I have no idea. But at least for them to, you know, have run the ball well, which was a huge problem the first five games, for the quarterback play to have been good, that was a change. And then they defended the pass great, Barry. I mean, uh, we saw K-State, Will Howard come in, uh, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, went 5 of 34. We'll talk about more of that here in just a second. But, um, you know, the perception of what OSU could now do it seems vastly different. I mean, I think they could definitely finish top half of the league. And like you said, a week ago, I'd have said, no way is that going to happen. But now that does seem possible. I guess the question we're talking about perception, what's the reality though with this team, Barry? Are they, are they really, is the reality matching with the change in perception that they might be, you know, a top half of the league type of team? Well, here's, here's where we're probably off base on that. Because I've done the same thing, you know, top half, upper division, those kinds of things. Big 12 really has two divisions, maybe three. We'll have to see. But OU in Texas and everybody below. And we kept thinking, you know, the Cowboys, they're not very good. But the truth is uh, a, lot of, a lot of Big 12 teams have been struggling. 
And OSU showed that it's capable of winning a bunch of these games. So, uh, you know, I think uh, you look at the newcomers in the Big 12, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, Houston. They collectively uh, have uh, not won a game against the legacy Big 12 squads. Maybe, I assume it will happen, but uh, yeah. the Cowboys, uh, they, get, they get all four of those. They get all four of those guys. So Cowboys can win a bunch of games down the stretch, and if they do, they will be there in the upper half of the division, uh, upper half of the conference, and it'll be it'll look more like a regular OSU season, not a great season, but like you know the good seasons that Mike Gundy has produced. Yeah, and you're you're right. I mean, now you look at the schedule that is left in front of them. We'll talk about Kansas here in a sec, but other games that you looked at a week ago and said. I don't know. I don't think OSU can win that game. Now, it does feel like they can beat BYU. They can beat Houston. They can beat UCF. I mean, games that were questionable or you might say trended um, away from the Cowboys. Now, if they play like they did against K-State, which that seems like you could replicate it, they didn't play out of their mind. They they still had some things that I think everybody would say, you got to get that fixed. You can't kick as many field goals as they kicked in the red zone as often as they were. You got to score some touchdowns there. So it wasn't a perfect game. One like they played out of their heads. So I think the fact that they dominated a game against a team, a program that traditionally is one of the better teams and programs in this league, I think that speaks highly to, to, the, to the way they use the off week, the prep they made. And maybe this is more the team that they are instead of what we saw in those last two losses against South Alabama and Iowa State. Well, I think they now have to prove their consistency. I think they have to do it again. Um, but I do like what I saw. The, and Barry, the OSU defense, I mean, to me, that was huge. We saw them, you know, so poor against the pass against Iowa State, but they were great against the pass against K-State. Three interceptions, including a pick six by Cameron Epps. Then they limited Will Howard to a 15 of 34 day. Um, what what changed? What 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 did you see out of that pass defense, especially? And even if you want to add in the run game, you know, holding DJ Giddens, who'd rushed for over 200 yards just a week before, uh, he you know held him to 65 yards. How were the Cowboys able to have such a turnaround on defense? Well, the the turnovers helped a bunch. That's a great way to start. Going into this game, we thought no way OSU uh, can win the quarterback derby. But they did. As you, you talked about Alan Bowman. Um, Will Howard, a veteran, has won a bunch of big games for K-State, and yet Bowman outperformed him. Uh, throwing the interceptions for Howard was pivotal to this game, and, and Bowman played relatively spotless. Didn't have great numbers, but good numbers. It's a great way to start. And uh, Cameron Epps with the two big plays. You know, when you get a pick six, your chances of winning a football game rise exponentially. Yeah, it's very difficult to win a game uh, unless it's a blowout, you know, 48 to seven. And, you know, some any kind of tight game, somebody gets a defensive touchdown really changes the tide. Cameron Epps did that right before the half really changed the complexion of that game. So opportunistic defense. And part of that was the fact that OSU won the quarterback derby salute to Alan Bowman. Yeah, and that the timing of that pick six, you mentioned it, Barry, right before half, K-State gets the ball back with some time, with some timeouts, and you thought, 
they might go down and score. Maybe they, maybe they don't get a touchdown, but maybe they score a field goal. And that game has a whole different feeling at halftime. Uh, I think it would have been if they kick a field goal, it's 13-10. They could have potentially gone up at that point or, or close, I think, if my, my memory is right. Um, but, you know, for that pick six to come when it did, it changed the whole tenor of the game. I mean, it just it really did alter the way that Oklahoma State had to feel about itself, what it was going to do coming out of halftime. Um, and so I was, yeah, I, that was huge. That was a huge, huge moment. But, you know, like we saw Iowa State, just a ton of guys running open in the secondary, uh, whether that's blown assignments, missed coverages, miscommunications, whatever the reason was, we saw a lot of that with Iowa State and, you know, them throwing for over 300 yards when that was not what anyone was expecting. I think the, you know, thinking would be, okay, Will Howard, one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12, going to have a big day, but we did not see a bunch of that. Now, K-State uses their tight end really well, so we saw some some of that. You know, they're, they're not, they're not going to get covered up every time, but I think we saw Oklahoma State do a good job, seem to be tackling pretty well. You know, I think their run defense is pretty good. I thought it was pretty good against Iowa State, and I think they showed again that, you know, they have a run defense that's pretty solid. That's the pass defense that they're going to have to take care of. And they seem to have figured out how to how to solidify that a little bit. And, you know, I think that's huge moving forward for Oklahoma State. And obviously also huge moving forward is Alan Bowman, Barry. You mentioned him a second ago. He's clearly now the guy at quarterback. Started and played the entire game just as he did at Iowa State. But what what were you impressed most by as it comes to Alan Bowman now in his second start for the Cowboys? Well, I thought he delivered uh, a lot of passes um, when they needed to be. Uh, he uh, hit some big plays, you know, the two at least two deep balls. Uh, had a couple of drops that could have even given him better numbers. Uh, you know, it'll be the eternal debate on whether. Uh, Mike Gundy screwed up the first few games of the season by going with the uh, with the three man weave at quarterback. Um, is Bowman is Bowman the difference maker, or is just having a quarterback? Period uh, is what has fortified OSU. But we all thought, right? Didn't we think coming in, hey, Bowman's going to be the guy? He's a veteran. He's shown he can do it. Uh, the the three man weave was you know sort of out of the blue and made us recalibrate. But this is sort of what we thought. What we saw Saturday, Alan Bowman throwing it around, uh, Cowboys running it with Ollie Gordon, defense making some plays. Uh, they win a pretty contested game. That's sort of what we thought we'd see out of this OSU team, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's that was sort of the script we, we envisioned for the Cowboys. So it was a little late to the party. But, you know, it's gotten here now. And now there's reason for, for belief that, Things will get better with Bowman. So uh, I, I like what I saw out of Bowman. He moves better than I thought he did. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Um, you know, I thought he might be a little susceptible to that squishy OSU offensive line. But no, he's, he's moved pretty good. So that's a very encouraging sign going forward. Yeah, I agree with that. And I do think that there is a little bit of sort of lament. I, I wrote about this. Um, I think after um, non-conference play that Oklahoma State needed to name a quarterback just to get the reps. And um, Casey Dunn said after the game on Saturday that Alan Bowman got all the reps in the off week, got all the reps in the prep week to get get uh, approach K-State. To me, I think we started to see what what a difference that makes, what the rhythm, what the timing of a guy that is 
practicing with his receivers, with his running backs, with his offensive line all the time, knowing what they want to do, knowing what they're comfortable with. They get to know what he's comfortable with. I think that even though Oklahoma State may ultimately you know, get to eight, nine wins, who knows? I mean, I think that that's still a possibility. I think that they're going to look back and think they should have just gone ahead with Bowman at the start of the year. I know that you know, we saw them all out there and it looked about the same, but you wonder, did it look about the same? Cause nobody had a chance to really solidify themselves and get those first team reps in practice, you know, and I, what I did like out of Bowman, maybe most on Saturday, Barry was the mix of passing game, you know, not all big long shots. I think when he was splitting time, we saw him take a lot more deep shots and maybe not just him, maybe that's what was called, but you saw him do more of the short stuff, the intermediate stuff, the stuff that comes out of that air raid um, background that he had coming out of Texas Tech where you, you know, six yards, eight yards, four yards. Maybe you aren't getting a first down every single time, but you're moving, you're progressing forward. And I love that about this Oklahoma State offense on Saturday I, or on Friday. I think that really portends well for the future. He did take some deep shots, but they weren't everything. It was it was some of the shorter stuff that got the offense into rhythm, feeling good and moving forward. About the only thing you can say bad about the offense is too many field goals. What's with all the field goals, Barry? Well, that's probably a product of of a still difficult run game, correct? I mean, yeah. Holly Gordon had the big game, but the running game is not coming easy to OSU. Um, you get close by. I, I mean. Uh, not a lot of red zone field goals, but enough. And uh, Alex Hale makes five, uh, or was it four? I can't remember. Anyway, five. But he, yep, five. he had five field goals and had the one blocked, yep. uh, which would have been a school record six. Um, you don't want to settle for field goals. However, I will say this. College football has swung back a little bit, a little less offensive, a little less long. Um, field goals are not the bane of the existence that they used to be. You, you know, five field goals will get you pretty far down the road to victory, throw in a couple of touchdowns. And that's what happened with OSU. So, uh, I'd rather, I'd rather score the touchdowns, but an offense that still is fairly challenged like OSU, it's not the worst thing in the world to hear that Alex Hale kicked five field goals. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't love it, and and obviously they won, so you can't you can't sort of poo poo it because you know you win by eight and you you know that's field goals that ultimately are are making the difference. So I I get that. Um, I you know I know that, and maybe this is just part of the evolution. Maybe this is part of the evolution with this offense as Bowman gets more comfortable. Maybe that red zone offense improves. You know, maybe that's one of those things that just has to come with a little bit of time. That space gets condensed on teams, and so they have to do some things a little bit differently with all the defense right there on top of each other. So maybe that is one of the things that evolves as Bowman leading the offense evolves. I think that's going to be an interesting thing to see because they did they did move it well, obviously, to get into the red zone as much as they did. So I think that's a positive, but now comes that next turn of the page for this offense 
to score once uh, score touchdowns once they're in the end zone, maybe or in the red zone. Maybe we'll see that as time goes on. Barry, before we uh, run out of time, we got to talk about this big game this weekend. Kansas coming to town. Who who would have thought uh, the Jayhawks looking like they could be the third best team in the Big Twelve? I mean. Um, Talking about Kansas being in the conversation for, uh, you know, upper reaches of the Big 12. What in the world? How did how did we get to this point where Kansas is now in the conversation of being one of the better teams in the Big 12? Well, two things. One is Lance Leopold has just done an amazing job. What what a great rebuilding job. We saw him last year get the Jayhawks to six and six. We saw they, they go to the overtime game with Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. Just a phenomenal turnaround and he's kept it up right i mean they've they've whacked ucf they beat brigham young they're really in position to have a nice year they beat illinois uh, on a friday night uh didn't didn't play well at kansas and they've done all but they've done all this without Jalen daniels yeah who might be the big 12's best quarterback with apologies to dylan gabriel so D- Jalen daniels has done it a wonderful job, but Jason Bean has stepped in. He's uh, he's one of the Big 12's best best quarterbacks, backup or not. Yeah. So he's done a wonderful job. So Lance Leopold, you know, they he'll never have the status of a of a KU basketball coach, but he's done a wonderful job. Used the portal well, restored belief to Kansas. It's a very impressive job. And you're right, you'd probably have to rank KU. Um, near the top of the Big 12 right now, which mm-hmm. makes this great opportunity for OSU. Cowboys can win a second straight home game. All of a sudden, things are looking not not terrible for the Cowboys in terms of the Big 12 food chain. So this becomes a great opportunity. You know, for 15 years, we've talked about, oh, Kansas is coming to town, or we got to go to Kansas. Just a miserable game. Jayhawks will get trampled. Things have changed. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a big game uh, for the plights of people, and it's going to be a difficult game. And if OSU can win, they can raise that head even higher. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, uh, we have to go to Kansas. I had to go to Kansas, Barry. That was always my trip because <clears throat> the Jayhawks stunk so bad. <laughs> my, my, I, I, I didn't hear what you said, Jekyll. My, my, ear, my, my, my headphones aren't working. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, Kansas, Kansas uh, elevating to the point where Kansas folks are now worried, you know, Lance Leopold might get you know, sucked away by another program. They they dodged that bullet a year ago. But I think for the foreseeable future, he's probably going to be a guy that gets mentioned when, you know, the sort of those more blue blood power five program jobs come open because of what he's done at Kansas. And it's to me, the biggest thing, obviously on the field has been a huge turnaround, but to see the passion and the interest among Kansas fans, they'd had some big time crowds in Lawrence four games. I think OSU getting a chance to play this one in Stillwater is a big advantage for them. OSU's had big crowds. They've sold out every game so far this year, even as they've struggled. So uh, this might be a chance to reward fans with a huge victory against the Jayhawks, continue the winning ways, um, because this feels like a game that OSU has a great chance in. Um, score prediction, Barry, what do you think? Who, who you got on Saturday? Oh, I have not made my prediction situations. I assume Kansas is a slight favorite, but I don't know. Um, I think I might be picking the Cowboys, particularly if they're an underdog. 
They seem like they might be a good upset special this week. So I think maybe I'll go K. Maybe I'll, I'll go with the Cowboys. Let's say OSU 27-24. Yeah, I like the I like the Cowboys' momentum right now, and I you know I do think it is going to be a close game, probably a one score single digit type of uh, game. I don't see either team you know running away from the other. You remember that the Cowboys went to to Lawrence last year and they got embarrassed, Barry. Um, they they got revenge for that embarrassment against K State a year ago. I think they're going to get revenge for that embarrassment against Kansas last year. I'm going with the Cowboys too. I'll go. I'll go uh, 28-24. That'll be my score for prediction on Saturday. I think it's going to be another great game though, uh, and we'll have that covered as well as everything else about the Cowboys at sellout crowd. That's all the time we've got this week here on the Jenny and Barry Show. Remember, Cowboys and Jayhawks kick off at 2:30 on Saturday, and we'll have that game covered plus a lot of other stuff. So be sure to check out everything at selloutcrowd.com. Plus you can find our content at barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. By the way, if this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you've heard, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us this week and we'll see you next week.